You are listening to the Give Me Five podcast, episode number The Give Me Five podcast, a semi-entertaining show about very entertaining things. This is a side A episode, which means we will talk about pop culture, entertainment news, movies, music, books, Florida, and whatever else caught our eye this week. My name is Handsome Dan, and I am joined by a freak with a microphone. Freakazoid, freakazoid. I don't really know how this song goes. <laughs> Because I think I sang Freakazoid to the tune of Spider-Man. <laughs> you did. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Beautiful. This week, we're going to talk about Amnesia, Rebirth, The Sleepover, and the Art of the Adept series by Michael G. Manning. What? What? So, guys, as always, this is a review show. We're probably going to spoil some shit. So... We'll try to avoid major twists, but if you didn't know that Marty McFly traveled back in time and back to the future, you might want to come back later. Yeah, then you obviously know nothing about pop culture. And what the hell are you doing here? Right? Who are you? Can you imagine if some alien race is like using our podcast as (laughs) 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 as a guide to American culture? Well, that's why they haven't contacted us yet. Yeah, probably. <laughs> well, it's been a uh, been a pretty good week, news no, wise. It hasn't. I I still have not been able to get a PS Five. No, that, that is the big breaking news. I have not been able to get a PS Five. That's it. That's the news. Rob can't get a PlayStation Five. Were you just? Were you completely? unable to pre-order it because i know those would pop up and then they would go away i i when the pre-order came around i had one in my cart and Mm. i couldn't get my information in fast enough and by the time i checked out it was gone this past weekend walmart released uh uh several batches of ps5s at 12, 3, 6, and 9. You got four opportunities during the day on Saturday this past weekend to be able to try and get some, to get one. Mm -hmm. Every time the minute rolled around to when they would go on sale, the website crashed. And by the time it uncrashed, they were all gone. I was so irritated. That sucks. Oh, what? All right. Not to not to drive you further or into depression at all. What would you be playing right now if you had a PS5? I'd probably be doing the Spider-Man game. Miles Morales. Miles Morales. Yeah, it looks awesome. I've seen some pictures. Uh, I saw a picture uh, just today, actually, that they put masks on the NPCs. Nice. Yeah. So and uh, and. I, I have decided that 2020 is the year of the scalper. Mm. Because it's so effing irritating that these people who are, you know, some of them are using bots. I know that they're fucking using bots. Oh, yeah. Fucking cheaters. But they're already, they're on eBay for $2,000. Yeah. I, yeah. No doubt. And it retails for 500 bucks. And they're selling it for $2,000 on, on eBay. Now, well, I'm curious to find out because I've tried searching for them on Amazon. And Amazon, I, I'm wondering whether or not they've taken a stand against scalping the PS5. Because it, when, when I was looking on Amazon for PS5, it brought back no results for the console. You could not find the console when I was searching on P- on Amazon for PS5. Hmm. But Maybe they have. I don't know. Yeah. But it's super uh, irritating. Good I mean, first the G.I. Joe's, now this. I hate 2020. 
Yep. Yep. Well, it's almost over, fortunately. Um, now, this news isn't... Uh, this isn't for anything that's going to be happening this year, but I still find it very exciting. An author that we have talked about many times. I went on an absolute tear reading his books, and that's Grady Hendrix, author of My Best Friend's Exorcism, mm-hmm. The Southern Book Club's Guide to Slaying Vampires, Ooh. and Horror Store, another book. All three we actually talked about here on the podcast. His latest novel has already gotten a series adaptation, although it hasn't even come out yet. In fact, it's not coming out until July. Um, Next year? Yes. Okay. The book is called The Final Girls Support Group. Sounds awesome. Uh, The women in the final support group have been in therapy together for decades, ever since one was attacked by a cannibal family in Texas by a machete-wielding maniac at summer camp, by an older brother who returned to settle scores on Halloween and by a lunatic who allegedly entered their dreams. So lots of, uh, <laughs> lots of old school horror reference. Excellent. In there. Uh, these are the middle-aged survivors of the real life crimes. The slasher movies are based on some of them are addicts. Some are in denial and some have become motivational speakers. And now the final girls are mysteriously dying one by one. Are they are they mysteriously dying like a, a set of really random circumstances is causing them to croak? Probably. I mean, imagine that, you know, Jennifer stops showing up to the support group or, you know, Alexis uh, it doesn't show up one night. Uh, the series is being adapted by Anna Perna, who's produced films such as Zero Dark Thirty, Sausage Party, Monsterland, currently on Hulu. And the Bad Batch, which we saw together. Uh, so there's yeah, some serious clout behind it. And uh, yeah, really looking forward to that. So some pretty cool news to read today. Excellent. And so so all of the all of the final girls are dying in their homes from like some really uh, intricate Ruth Bader uh, Ginsburg device. Uh, it doesn't say so much in their homes, but um, I don't know. We'll see. Looking you're, forward to reading it. You're missing my horror movie reference. Yes, I am. Final Destination. Oh, okay. Uh, it's been such a long time since I've seen that. <laughs> Damn it, I thought it was funny. I'm going to keep referencing it until you acknowledge it. <laughs> Do it. I, I, don't, I don't get the reference. I'm sorry. Whatever. Do you have any news, sir? Oh, yeah. I do. I... I recently found out that I have not been able to get a PS5. Ah, there we go. I tried one more time while you were talking, and I was denied. <laughs> uh, was it another you-had-it-in-your-cart kind of situation? Yeah. Ugh. Keep trying. I can't hate on that. Got some other news. Oh, you do? Yes. One of the biggest... <clears throat> Entries into popular culture in the past couple of years, uh, globally, and that's Baby Yoda, of course, the child mm-hmm. from the Mandalorian series, mm-hmm. is now in space. He is, yes, Baby Yoda has made his way aboard the Dragon Crew vessel, which mm-hmm. recently launched from Cape Canaveral, Florida. He stowed away and is now floating on the International Space Station. Did you see this? I did not. Yeah. Uh, are you familiar with what the zero-G indicator is? Um, I imagine that it's some kind of dial that indicates how much gravity is present. Well, it's not so much a dial as it is an object. I, I This is a very new entry into their process, I guess. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of the thing that can show viewers aboard the vessel, whether it be the the crew capsule or even the ISS, I guess. But it's the thing that you can see floating. It's like a little Easter egg, right? To show you that there's, you know, no gravity aboard the vessel. Uh, the With Bob and Doug, 
that zero G indicator was that little sequin dinosaur. Do you remember that? Mm-mm. Okay. Uh, this time around, it was a plush baby Yoda, which was, uh, they, I watched like this, the whole launch, the whole countdown. And they were talking about it. What was the zero G indicator going to be this time around? And they were very coy. They wouldn't give it up until you saw a very early in the, the wee hours of the, the other morning. Just like my Yoda, phone date. Just, yeah. <laughs> uh, just floating by the screen. And when the crew met with the ISS, it was the second to last crew member who came out, uh, pushed forward to the camera. Really, really kind of fun to see. Real nice uh, bit of news nice. amongst all the other garbage floating around. I okay. I will say, yeah. speaking of Star Wars, mm-hmm. did you see that Hell Yes, we have gotten a look into the Star Wars hotel rooms oh. aboard Man. the Halcyon? I will never be able to afford this, but why don't you tell us about I, it? I, dude, I still think we should get a couple of people together and just go go Evan stay there one night yeah. or for for the two day two night uh, two day two night trip, so to yeah. speak. How many people will they allow in a room? It's and do we care? It's four or five. I think it's four or five. I don't care. I'll sleep under the bed. So it's it's four or five, but I think it's like three thousand bucks for the room. Man, but that's for two days, two nights. So it's like $1,500 a night. But if you have, I, I don't know if it's more expensive depending upon how many people you put in the room, though. But if it's a flat fee of $3,000 per night, I mean, you get four or five friends, you split that up, you know, or, it's or 20. Yeah, well, I don't think they allow <laughs> that many people in the room. Like well, I said, sure I think it's don't. capped at four or five. I'm sure there's going to be very strict, like, they're going to know how many mm-hmm. people are in a room at a time. And it'll probably be sold out for the next 20 years. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. Better start looking to sweepstakes and stuff, I guess. But it looks exactly like you would expect an interior cabin on a starship from Star Wars to look. Yeah. You it's can. Awesome. And it's got the, the computer the, window where you can mm-hmm. look out into space. Yeah, just LED screens everywhere. It's yeah. going to be a completely immersive experience. And I uh, Super awesome. hope that one day I can win win radio contest or something. I'm going with you if you do. All right. Sounds good. Yeah. I'll be your plus one. Perfect. And I think we'll just jump from Disney's Star Wars Hotel to a fun little story that happened here in where, Jimmy? Florida. Florida. It's time for WTF or welcome to Florida. Now, Hit it, Rob. Now, disclaimer I do not know that the gentleman featured in this story is, in fact, from Florida, but we're allowing it because it happened in Florida and it happened at Disney World. Yes, the. Uh, alternate title to this article is Florida man charged with attacking Disney World guard at Animal Kingdom. So he is actually from Pompano Beach. Oh, He's a it is bona fide, a Florida man. Bonafide Florida man. Hell yeah. So Disney World guests filled with excited delirium arrested mm-hmm. for attacking security guard at Animal Kingdom. Where can where can one find some of that? <laughs> well, apparently... What uh, what happened is, is that this gentleman, uh, where is his name? I'm trying to find his name. James Arvid, 19-year-old James Arvid, mm. basically ran down a security officer and tackled him from behind and put him in a headlock and just kind of held him there. Like, oh. <laughs> the dude was able to radio for help. But this this kid just tackled a security guard and stuck him in a headlock. And then, and I oh guess some of the guests. God. Yeah, go I ahead. Guess, I guess some of the guests um, helped get the guy off of him. And the police finally showed up and arrested the guy. 
Yeah, it says other park guests intervened, helping to subdue the attacker. He only, the security guard only received minor injuries. Good, good. And police officers uh, took him to the hospital and described him as being, quote, in a state of excited delirium and unexpected strength. Now, when you hear that, what do you think? I think PCP. Well, you're pretty damn close. He, he, uh, <laughs> it was... He reportedly claimed that he took LSD, but he showed signs of alcohol and drug drug use, along with heat stroke, according to an emergency room doctor. Mm. And the patient said he took the LSD, but he couldn't he couldn't remember anything about the incident in the park. And so, of course, he pled not guilty (laughs) because if you don't remember it, it didn't happen. (laughs) Man, what a combination of things. I I mean, it, it really seems like a bad idea to go to Disney and decide, you know what? I'm at the happiest place on Earth. I'm going to take some fucking drugs. Let's do that. And I'm going to go ape shit. And, you know, it's OK, because if I don't remember it, it didn't happen. Yeah. Not that you should take drugs at all, ever. But you should also hydrate. You should. So heat stroke on top of alcohol and drug use. Oh my goodness. Yeah. You're and yeah, he, oh man, that's just such a you know, like you said, you you probably shouldn't <laughs> go to the happiest place on earth and and try to make yourself happier. And at nineteen you're gonna do that and now you'll never be allowed on Disney property again. Exactly. Which is well, and the thing is, is he he'll probably get off because of like some kind of temporary insanity, like the the stuff that he was taking altered his mental status or whatever. And it's like, yeah, but a he's nineteen; he shouldn't have been drinking alcohol, mm-hmm. so that's underage drinking, and he shouldn't have been taking illegal substances such as LSD. And the fact that you consciously chose to take those should mean that you're conscious that you're responsible for any actions that you that you perform while you're high as shit. Yep. Uh, He later told a nurse, uh, quote, I took LSD and tried to kill someone End quote. Uh, He could not remember anything else that happened. Awesome. So James Arvid, you are this this week's. Welcome to Florida. You're a fucking idiot. Yes. If you're yes, you are. This. You so. dumbass. Well, I think that takes us out of our introductions here. It does. And I've got to say, uh, briefly here, that uh, the Give Me Five podcast is on Patreon. We are. We are, in fact, on Patreon. And... If you check out Give Me Five Podcast on Patreon at patreon.com slash give me five podcast. Mm-hmm. I had that backwards for a second. You can check out the different tiers available by giving us your hard earned money, your hard earned five dollars a month. You'll be invited to our Discord chat where you will be asked to participate in the show by submitting your list questions to us and helping us shape how the show gets created every week. There are a couple of different tiers as well. Uh, That includes catering and being on hosting your own episode and I believe receiving a shirt here soon. I know Greg was working on that Uh, for the $5. You will get a special shout out on your birthday. We will totally make up a list about you which hopefully you do not share with your employers. That might prevent you from getting a job. Or, you know, keeping the job that you have. But the list is 100% guaranteed to be completely offensive and also completely, well, I guess we can't say completely inaccurate because we might guess right. And don't, you can't be mad at us if we do. Nope. So don't share it with your, your boss or your coworkers. Mm. Or if you do, just don't talk about it during your birthday season. 
So again, patreon.com slash give me five podcasts. Thank you guys so much. Big special shout out to our patron of unusual size, Alec, who you thank you Alec. next week. Thanks buddy. Yes. So getting into our topics, sir. What do, what, do you, what do you want to hit first? Do you want to do the movie, the game or the book? Uh, you know what? I'll just, um, let's break it up since you have two. How about we start with the sleepover? Okay. And then I'll talk about amnesia. If mm. I remember. Where's the, I see the, what you did there. Is it this one? Oh, that's the applause. Okay. Well, I'll get it right next time. And then uh, we'll have you talk about the art of the adept series. Excellent. So tell me about the sleepover. Well, the sleepover is a movie that I've seen on Netflix and I I scrolled past it a couple of times and I've looked at it and looked at it. And I'm like, eh, well, this past weekend I was down at my mom's. We did our Thanksgiving early. So I went down there for our Thanksgiving holiday and my mom was in the mood for something lighthearted and funny. So, I looked at the sleepover and it looked like it was a family movie. Okay. So we gave it a shot. And like I said, it's called the sleepover. It was released on August 21st of this year. It's directed by Trish Sai and it stars Sadie Stanley, Malin Ackerman, Cree Cicino, mm-hmm. Joe Manganiello, Maxwell Simkis and Ken Marino. Ken Marino. Who- Ken Marino, oh, who was God. absolutely, totally lovable and hilarious as the dad in the movie. He's the real Hollywood MVP, man. God bless Ken Marino. <laughs> so the synopsis is that siblings Clancy and Kevin discover that their seemingly normal mom is actually a former high-end thief in the witness protection program. Ooh. Yes. The movie is... It's pretty cute. It's entertaining. It's, I mean, if you're looking for a fun action flick that you can watch with your kids, or if you want some goofy, mindless fun, you should check it out. It's, it's not going to win any awards, but there's some decent performances turned in by the younger brother and the dad who at various points in the movie kept me laughing. And that's Ken Marino. Yeah. Ken Marino is the dad. Correct. So it it is a lighthearted comedy with some action thrown in. And if you go in simply expecting a fun movie you can watch with your family, you won't be disappointed. Awesome. The the reviews on this are all kind of middle of the pack, uh, with Google being the highest, actually, at an 84% approval rating. I I would tend to be in that in that Google category because I, I actually okay. really enjoyed it. It was it was cute, it was funny, it wasn't I didn't feel like it was a waste of time. I mean, there have been a lot of people who've been very critical of the movie and saying that it was stupid and amateurish and childish. And it's yeah. like, well, you kind of missed the point. Yeah. But the you know, Google had it at 84%. Rotten Tomatoes, actually, which is usually very rough on movies, had it at 70. IMDb had it at 5.6 out of 10, but only Metacritic. Metacritic is the only one that had it below 50%. And since I don't think they would know an enjoyable movie if it knocked them down and stole their <laughs> nerd-ass lunch money, <laughs> I I, rec- I would recommend this movie. And I and I will have to say that one I, I did read some of the reviews, and one of the reviewers I, I read actually I thought hit it right on the head, and that's uh, Dark Vulcan 29 described it as Adventures in Babysitting meets Spy Kids. It's probably a little closer in tone to Spy Kids than Adventures in Babysitting. Okay. But I definitely see the the correlation. And, you know, of course, I would rate Adventures in Babysitting higher, but I, I agree with the assessment. It's 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 actually very enjoyable. And and I think it was actually the same reviewer who and I really agreed with this reviewer, but they they said that it felt like a movie that was written in the 80s and then just kind of stored on a shelf. Oh. And then made recently into a movie. Okay. Because it has that, that 80s kid detective kind of feel to it. So, Got it. So one thing, it, I, I know that we do the thing I loved and the thing I hated about it. The, the I mean, the thing I loved about this was the dad and the brother really, really did a great job. I mean, they they... They were the comedy center of the movie. Mm-hmm. And the, I don't know that I would say that I hated it, but if you didn't go into it looking for a little bit of cheese with your movie, 
you probably won't enjoy it. But if you are in the mood for that, you've got absolutely no problems. It definitely got a little bit cheesy at times. Yeah. But it, it was super lighthearted, super fun. It was it, my mom really enjoyed it. So bonus. Good. So family comedy action flick. Check it out. It's called The Sleepover. Uh, the Sleepover. OK. Not not Sleepover, which is another movie. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> we'll have to. Uh, is the other one not for children? So. Um, I don't. Well, I think it was a little bit more adult oriented. Okay. It, uh, I can tell you who who that starred. That was. It was it was in two thousand four, and that one starred Alexa Pena Vega, Mike Borum, Scout Taylor Compton, a bunch of people I don't really know. But desperate to improve their social status, four best friends enter into an all-night scavenger hunt against the popular clique in their school. Okay. So it it might be a little bit more young adult oriented than kid oriented. Got it. And now but this I don't one, think it would be highly inappropriate. Yeah. Which what age range would you say this was for? All this one? Oh yeah. It it it, it definitely well, I might exclude the late teens to mid twenties because they would probably be bored with the movie. Like, oh, I don't care. If it's oh, there's a showdown. Why am I watching that? Instagram, oh. Snapchat. Yeah, yeah. They, they they might be bored with it yeah, because nobody likes them it, anyway. It's, it's it's oriented for families and probably kids. Got it. And adults that have kid like sense of humors like myself. Yeah, man, yeah. dude, you had me at Ken Marino. This um this this has not been recommended to me on Netflix probably because I watch so much dark stuff. It's always like check out this horror movie, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But Kim Marino was the dad in The Babysitter, mm-hmm. the Babysitter Two. He was. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what else? I mean, he was in Brooklyn Nine Nine. As yeah. the uh, the captain that did not stay for very long what was his name PJ, I think CJ CJ or was it? It was Captain Jason Stantley. He's the kind of he just can't do anything right. He was also Louie in the state, which was a very early uh, series on MTV sketch comedy series. With got Jennifer Aniston was on it. A lot of the people that you see just from so many other things. Uh, he's, uh, just a funny, funny dude. And oh, he's, he's also, done voices in Bob's Burgers and American Dad. He's the producer at Rock and Roller Coaster. Okay, so he's that yep, guy yep. that you see who's playing with the knobs and everything every time you go on Rock and Roller Coaster. And I believe that's his his Twitter handle. His little bio says. The guy from Rock and Roller Coaster. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, absolutely amazing. Gonna have to check it out. It, I definitely let me know what you think of it. Yeah, I'm, I'm, because I found it sounds super like a good popcorn flick, and you know, nothing, nothing too intense. So, we'll go from that to something really intense. And that is a game that I've been looking forward to for a very, very long time. This is the latest installment in the Amnesia series. And this is Amnesia Rebirth. It was released on October 20th for PlayStation 4, Mac, Windows, and Linux. If you still uh, are completely resistant to Windows and Mac and you think you're better than everyone else, you can play it on Linux. Now, like the Dark Descent, have you ever played any of these games, Rob? No, I haven't. So there's Amnesia Dark Descent, which was absolutely groundbreaking in terms of environmental and experiential horror, I guess. Um, These games are meant to be played in the dark with your headphones on. Okay. These games are very much a look over your shoulder inducing 
cosmic experience and cosmic, you know, when we're talking in terms of horror, cosmic horror is uh, there's there's something out there that is so much larger and greater than anything you've ever experienced um, is is kind of the gist of cosmic horror. Um, the first two in the series are very much a almost a haunted house experience that might be controversial, but I'm just trying to paint a picture for anybody mm-hmm. who hasn't. It's very much a, you hear a floorboard creak and you have to hide in the closet kind of deal. Uh, you hear a shuffling coming down the hallway. You can either confront and run past or hide in a closet until it passes. If you've ever played eternal darkness on the GameCube then you're familiar with the concept of a fear gauge where your character, if exposed to the dark for too long without a source of light, your character will start to go crazy. You'll see things, your judgment will be impaired, your movement will be impaired, and that is implemented in this game as well. Hmm. Okay. Now, this takes place... um, um, where where could you put this? Nineteen forties, somewhere around there. Nineteen thirties, twenties. But uh, your uh, your plane crashes in the desert, and you awake to find that all your uh, fellow passengers are gone. Oh, gone! You, not zombies. Correct. At least they aren't. Yet. Yet. That you're left to <laughs> kind of pick up the pieces, find your, your passengers, your, your co-passengers. You were playing from the perspective of Tassi Utrenalm. You must wander through desert caves and in ancient tombs in order to find the whereabouts of your companions. The game is dimly lit, and players must use light sources, such as Tassi's own fuel lamp, which I haven't found yet, to see clearly. Stop progress through the game and not go crazy. So you're kind of wandering in the dark right now. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. You occasionally find matches and you'll occasionally find things that you can light with those matches. So you'll find uh, a bundle of twigs or you'll find kind of a, a candle or something. Right. Mm-hmm. And those things keep you from going crazy. Your, your vision kind of shrinks in. Uh, and I'm talking about, you know, look, it's first person game. So mm-hmm. that'll kind of vignette around you get smaller and smaller. Um, there are puzzles throughout the game. It is not a attack things with weapons. You're not going to pick up guns or swords or anything. It's not. Um, it's not an action game. It's mm-hmm. it's an experience is what the the game says when you play it as with the first two do not go into this game uh, with the expectation that I'm going to beat this game. I'm here to win the game. That's not what it's for. That's not what it's about. So say the creators okay. frictional games. Um, I play this game when my fiance is taking a shower or at work, I turn the turn the lights off and try to really immerse myself in this and see how long I can make it before I turn the light on, which hasn't been very far. <laughs> no, I can't do it. I can't do it. Now, I don't really twitch. I don't really stream uh, games, but I will twitch this one just to see what's behind me. Uh, to make sure a door isn't creeping open or anything like that, because it's 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 freaky, man. There's a there are ancient horrors that you uncover in this. Um, mm-hmm. This game is big. It feels much bigger than the previous ones, where you're in a house or a castle. This okay, you're in the open world, and this one you're in the desert. Okay. You're going between dimensions. Um, you're opening portals. It's just massive it's dark it's green it's icky feeling the puzzles aren't 
too hard. Right. So if you're like, ah, I don't care if, if puzzles are a thing that turns you away from a game, I would say, don't worry about that too much. Um, it's all in the experience. It's all about finding your memories and, uh, you know, catching little snippets of that. So if you're a fan of, um, what's that recent dark pictures anthology we've talked about recently, then you should, uh, check this out, play with the headphones on play in the dark, use your matches wisely and don't go insane. I'll try not to. Game is about 40 bucks. Uh, okay. Look out for Steam sales. Look out for sales on the Epic Game Store. It's also available on PlayStation 4. Hopefully, uh, if this comes to Oculus anytime soon or PlayStation VR. Uh, Let's see, I was thinking that that sounds like a game that should be played on the Oculus. It should be. And I feel like its development started when you know, some announcements were being made or hopefully it can be easily ported or adapted. If you play the game, then it, you feel like it could because the most mm-hmm. that you really do, you kind of push things over with your hands, you pick things up, you can very mm-hmm. easily do that with the Oculus, hopefully. And uh, hopefully people won't go too insane playing it. Excellent. Good, scary stuff. And what else do we have? I believe we have one more thing to talk about, Rob. And I'm we do. Very it's, and it's significantly less scary. Okay, good. Well, did you did you happen to read anything of what I put there? Uh, just a little bit. Okay. Yep. Well, this is Ooh, this is a new fun. series that I discovered, and and anybody who listens to the show regularly knows that I am like in love with my Audible app. I listen to books all. In fact, it's my preferred method of consumption for books. Mm-hmm. I, I prefer to listen to them with good narrators and and some really nice production quality on some of these books. I, I have you heard a good book that's got like really strong production quality, Jimmy? Um, the last one I've I listened to was um, Codex Alera. Okay, um, and that one was pretty good. That's uh, is is that Kate Redding? Yes. Who's the narrator? But okay. I, I also, I listen to a lot of uh, scripted podcasts that have just fucking immersive and just excellent production. So mm-hmm. um, I'm really turned off by anything that doesn't now. Right. Well, a lot, a lot of audible books have become like productions in their own right. And I, it, like I said, it is my preferred method for consuming books at this point. But The Art of the Adept is a relatively new series written by Michael G. Manning. All right. And there's currently three books in the series. I know that there's plans for more. I've only read or I've only listened to two of them. The third book is due out on Audible on in February of next year. That's good. The, the, first, the first book came out. It's already on Audible. The first book was released in August of 2019. Second book was released in October of 2019. And the third book was released in April of 2020. Look at that. An author not keeping their audience in the dark for exactly. Long. And the the synopsis, uh, bear with me because it's a long synopsis, but it gives you a, a decent idea of the, of the story. That's fine. The, the ancient magic of wizards was anything but dark. It was the enlightenment that lifted humanity from the squalor of superstition and the worship of fell spirits and capricious gods. But those days are gone. The shining glory of the sorcerers burned away the subtlety of wisdom, replacing it with easy power held only in the hands of the elite. A new age built upon the elemental supremacy of aristocrats. It's a Disney movie. On the elemental supremacy of aristocrats and the ignorance of the masses. But this will change. For the greatest power comes with knowledge. And the deeper teachings of wizardry have not been utterly lost. The last wizard of the old tradition still survives in solitude. Nursing tired grudges and waiting for death. His passing might have gone unnoticed, but for the imposition of a young of a youth too stubborn to accept his refusal to take an apprentice with a new student comes new hope. And that hope has caused old powers to stir again, that the world will change is inevitable. But the shape of the future is anything but certain. 
<laughs> Yummy. So I, uh, I have enjoyed the crap out of this series so far. Okay. Um, I mean, take it for what it's worth. Everyone knows my feelings about a certain fantasy author who has categorically refused to continue his unfinished series mm, and also gets salty and butt hurt if you have the gall to ask about it. Mm. Even though that is literally the first question anyone who talks to him at any convention anywhere in the world wants to know. You started this series, it, man. Don't get pissed off when people ask. You about exactly. It. But this series feels a little bit in that vein of of that of that story type. Okay. Not in the sense that it's taking too long to come out. Right, right, right. 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 Not in the sense that it's taking too long. Uh, in, in that vein, or even the the Awakening series by Jonathan Renshaw, who only has one book out. That book was released in 2015, and it's taking quite a while for book two. However, that's excusable because he's been delayed because of health issues. Nah. He's had to step away from writing. He's He's got a medical condition that he is having treated, and it's taken a very serious toll on him. So we hope that you, is uh, completely understandable. Yeah, I hope you get, get we, better soon. Exactly. Exactly. We will not hold that against him at all. But in this series, we see a young boy discovering himself, his hidden powers, a mentor, school, bucking the system, defiant in his beliefs. He's created a very enjoyable story. And like I said, I absolutely devoured the first two books on Audible. I blew through these things, man. I mean, this it kept a streak going for the last for the last three books now, because the last book that I read before these two was the Battleground book for Dresden Files, okay. which was amazing. And then I followed it up with these two. So I've been, well, I've been super pleased with <laughs> my most recent, with my most recent pickups on audible. Nice. And I cannot wait for the third book in the series to come out on audible in February. So I, I highly recommend these books. They, it, and I know that I'm, I'm like, kind of a one trick pony when it comes to books on audible, but I mean, yeah, it's like movies. You, you watch what you like, you listen to what you like. I mean, I don't, I don't vary a whole lot in what I like to read or listen to. I mean, I'm not big on crime dramas or anything like that, but if you're into fantasy, you're into science fiction, fantasy or whatever, this, this is a great series. I thoroughly enjoyed it. It, it has a very strong rating. There are some people who don't like it. Of course, as with anything, you know, not everything is for everyone, but this series, in my opinion, is really well written. I like the story. I, there's maybe one thing that I had a problem with in the entire series. I mean, at one point, the main character makes a a decision that you're like, really? Mm. You, you know better than that? And there were... You didn't even explore other options, and no, I don't think I can get behind that. I don't. I don't think that was. So there, there was there was a little bit of that with with like one decision. I think it was in book two, but other than that, I mean, I really enjoyed this series. Super excited! And again, the first book is called The Choice of Magic, the second book is called Secrets and Spellcraft, and the third book is called Scholar of Magic. Mm. And again, the series is called The Art of the Adept. By Michael G. Manning. Correct. I'm excited about this one. Um, I got to tell you that I am within pages of the end of Stormfront. And that is the mm-hmm. first book in the Dresden Files. Yes. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm enjoying the hell out of it. I uh, Well, I'm very pleased that you like that one, because like I said, I mean, I felt that that was one of the weaker books in the series mm-hmm. because it, it was a lot of setup. It was a lot of introducing the characters, so to speak, uh, introducing the main players. And and he really starts to find his stride a little bit later. Yeah. But but yeah, if you're in, if you're enjoying the heck out of Stormfront, you're you're in for a treat because it's a really great series. And Jim Butcher is a fantastic author. He is. And man, both you and Greg have said that that it is one of the, you know, it, it's a setup. It's, it's the first mm-hmm. one, but I can't imagine, uh, you know, how much better they're going to be. And I'm, I'm just super excited to, uh, I think I'm just going to dive right into the second one. I mean, there are some other books that I want to read. Um, but yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to get right into the, the second book, which I'll probably if- start this evening. If you um, if you power through it, it's going to be a while before you read anything else. 
<laughs> yeah, well, there's, there's 16 books so far in that series. Yeah, and that's just one of the I, I'm I'm totally engaged, and uh, well, maybe maybe I'm just going on a, a years long Jim Butcher binge because I still have the second book in Codex Lair to read. And uh, oh, you only read the first I one? I did. Yeah, yeah, I only did the first one. I was so spoiled. Oh my god, we we have got to plan out your uh, your reading itinerary. Oh man, so many books, so little time. Yes. Sounds great though. I'm excited to check out this series as well. And it and at some point, if I can if I can drag my ass around to doing it, I'll figure out how to how to do some editing on, on our website. And yep. I'll 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 put up a section of books that I've read or books that I recommend just to keep them all in one place for everybody. Cause I know that occasionally people are looking for stuff to read and and I've recommended books to other people who hadn't heard of them, didn't know about them, and they were just super excited that they found them. So, I mean, I'll be more than happy to keep that and update it with, you know, books I'm currently reading or ones that I recommend, stuff like that. So look out in the very near future for Rob's book nook coming to mm-hmm. give me five podcast.com. I don't know if you're going to call it that, but we're going to set that up um, as a little extra to keep track of, you know, cause you, you have a, a long commute and uh, I do I know you, you, and, you, and I, you a lot. Yeah. I think of the three of us, I'm more of the prolific quote unquote reader since I don't actually read my books, but I listen to them. But I, I, I go through a lot of books. I go through a lot of books in a year. I mean, I do at least one a month and sometimes I buy extra audible credits and stuff like that. I get the two for ones and I just used, I just used a credit on another, on a bargain trilogy. So I got three books for one credit. So those are some of the things that I do. I look for like the, the specials and stuff. And that's how I find some of the other stuff too. Nice. You're uh, yeah, uh, in the same vein of Dresden Files, I, I didn't really realize how similar these were, but I'd I'd have to recommend checking out the Dirty Streets of Heaven by okay. Tad Williams. Tad Williams is a, a fantasy author who I'm from, I've heard that name before. Yeah, he's got a lot of I guess you know more of the AAA fantasy titles, but Dirty Streets of Heaven is very much in that same vein. So okay. check that out if you have time and if it's, uh, you know, and what is it again? Three streets or dirty streets of heaven, dirty or 30, dirty D D okay. is in dingus. Gotcha. So, all right, I'll have to look that up. Keep your eyes on give me five podcast.com for uh Rob's book review section. There you go. And, and, you know, if I if I'm really feeling froggy, I might go in and add like my thoughts on the books. Yeah. But it might be a while before that comes to pass. Next week. You can catch back up with us on Monday. For our side B episode 159, where we will be talking about Thanksgiving three. I guess. Oh, my God. Our in-depth review. And of course, our give me five question of the week. That is the one Rob is holding up a picture of the dirty streets of heaven by Tad Williams. How much is that right now? Can you get a credit on it? I don't want to steer you wrong. I've done that before. It's it's buy with one credit. Okay. Or to, to purchase the auto audio book outright is 17 bucks. $17.15, which actually is fairly cheap for an audiobook. A lot of audiobooks go for 20 to 30 bucks. I read all of those, so I can't speak for the audio production on them. Gotcha. But it's a, a quirky, fun twist on the kind of detective-ish genre. Oh, Bobby Dollar. I was reading some other stuff, and somebody was recommending the Bobby Dollar series. Yep, that's the one. All right. Guys, if you want to get in touch with us here at the Give Me Five podcast, check out GiveMeFivePodcast.com, as we've mentioned. You can find us on Facebook by searching for the Give Me Five podcast. Check us out on Twitter and Instagram at GiveMeFivePod, or email us directly, direct your hate mail to Greg, care of GiveMeFivePodcast <laughs> at gmail.com. We miss you, Greg. We'll talk to you very soon. 
And and I don't even think we mentioned it at the beginning. Greg isn't joining us tonight. He's got some issues that he's dealing with. So we'll uh, we'll forgive him for not being here. So if you're still waiting for Greg to kick in, uh, you can come back to us two weeks from tonight or two weeks from now. He'll be back with us. As the the best way you can support the show, aside from signing up for the Patreon. You can leave us a review on iTunes or whatever podcast app that you're using. It helps us uh, stand out from the rest of the crowd, a little more exposure. Or if you'd like to support us monetarily a different way, help us keep the lights on and pay for that sweet, sweet service sp- server space that we need every month. Check us out at giveme5podcast.threadless.com. And you can get a little bit of merchandise for your hard-earned cash. It's pretty cool stuff. We are always adding to it. Look out for new designs. Oh, Greg said there was a new design up on the store. Ooh. And I'll have to check and see. Well, I don't see a new design. I thought he said there was a new design. Well, perhaps he will be getting around to adding it soon. Thank you guys so much for listening. We'll talk to you on Monday. For myself and for Rob, have a very good evening, morning, or afternoon. Good night. Good morning. Whatever. I don't know what I'm saying. Just words. Good morning. Good afternoon. And good night. And happy holidays. Mm